Well, again, good morning and welcome. Part of me thinks this whole thing is crazy. That we could pack out a movie theater in the middle of Bend on a Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning. I mean, there's so many other things I think we could be doing instead of being here at church. Snowboarding, sleeping, wrapping, wrapping gifts, shopping, they're opened, sipping coffee at Starbucks. There's so many other things we could be doing. But then there's a part of me that thinks this is so right. This is so good. This is where we need to be. This is where I need to be. And that this is pleasing to God. That we could pack out a movie theater to worship and to praise and to study and to learn about this great God who loves us so much. Let's pray one more time. Father, we need you. Father, we've gathered here this morning on a Sunday to fix our eyes, to fix our hearts, to fix our thoughts on you. Lord, would you meet us here? Would you challenge us? Would you change us? Would you help us grasp a little bit more of who you are and why you made us and what you are looking to get or to gain from us? Lord, we just want to be real with you. We want to be honest with you this morning. God, we thank you that you love us. And that's not just cheap talk. Lord, you've proven your love to us time and time again. We thank you. We thank you for being a good God to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we are smack dab right in the middle of an Elements series, hence the shirt, the video, We're looking at four main elements of planet Earth. And we're trying to learn from the natural world in an effort to gain insight into the spiritual world. God specifically created Earth. God specifically created wind and fire and water. So what can we draw from God's creation to bring you and I closer to our creator? What was God thinking? What can we learn? If he created this, there must be an element of him in this. And what can I learn this morning? What can you learn this morning about our God, about our creator? Well, this morning we're going to be looking at fire. Last week, Brandon Groza talked about wind. One of the uh, windiest weekends in all of Central Oregon. I hope that uh, this week doesn't follow. You guys caught that. The 8 a.m. service just went right over their head. You guys are sharp. You've had more caffeine. Good. But last week, Brandon taught us about wind is powerful and wind is air in motion. And so we learned that God is powerful and God is in motion. God has a current. God is moving. And maybe some of you can relate to that. You know how God's moving in your life. You know the current God is taking you down. So this week we're looking at fire. There's three main components to fire. Maybe you know the fire triangle. I didn't until I started studying for this series, but three main components to fire. One is heat. One is fuel. And the third is oxygen. Without one of those, fire does not exist. Fire needs heat. Fire needs fuel and fire needs oxygen. 
Well, throughout the scriptures, God uses his creation fire for many reasons. And maybe you're starting to think right now in your head, okay, when, when did the Bible talk about fire? Well, how is he going to present fire this morning? Well, if you're thinking, yeah, 549 options to come up with the word fire throughout the scriptures. Well, one is that burning bush for Moses. God got Moses' attention through the burning bush. And then you know the story, God getting Moses' attention, calling him to step out. Moses steps out. He leads million-plus people out of Egypt, through the river, through the dry land. And God just didn't stop there and said, good, you're out of Egypt. I've killed the, you know, the army. Good luck. You know, 40 years, have fun. But no, we see God using a pillar by fire at night to guide them. Could you think about that for a second? Like, what if that was your relationship with God? What if, you know, it's evening, you're driving home from work, and you're just like, God, where, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go for dinner? And there's this pillar of fire just starts going in front of your car, and you're like, all right, Mickey D's? No, not Mickey D's. Okay, where are we going, God? That would be a crazy way to follow, to pursue God through that pillar of fire. Well, another way that the scriptures we see there in the Old Testament is God rains down fire from heaven as an act of judgment on people. Amos chapter one, four times in one chapter does God rain down his judgment on people. God using fire. Also in the Old Testament, we see that uh, our, um, yeah, in the Old Testament, God would use fire as an element, as a tool for the sacrifice. You would slaughter your, your sheep or what have you. You'd take it, and um, the, there would be that burnt offering. The fire would consume that as an element, as a sacrifice, as an atonement for your and I's sins. Well, also in the New Testament, God rained down fire. But it was in the form of his spirit there in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. God ushering in a new way, his spirit, a new way to guide us, a new way to to lead us. And then we also see in the New Testament, it was Jesus, God's one and only son, who climbed on the wooden cross as atonement for your sins and my sins. And so all throughout scripture, God is using fire. And maybe the most prevalent one that we're not going to look at this morning is hell, lakes of fire. There's burning and gnashing of teeth, a a wicked, evil place that God hopes no man, no woman would go. It's not God's heart that we would spend eternity apart from him in a place called hell. And so God sent his son to die for us, that we would have life, have an abundant life through God. But today I want us to see how God uses fire as an element of purification. This refining fire maybe you've heard before. This idea that God will refine you, he will refine me, he will teach us in an effort to purify us. came across a story I'd like to read this morning talking about the process of refining silver. There was a group of women who had met for a Bible study while studying the book of Malachi, they read Malachi chapter three, verse, chapter 3, verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and like silver. 
Well, this verse puzzled the women, and they wondered how this statement applied to the character and nature of God. One of the women offered to find out more about the process of refining silver and get back to the group at their next Bible study. Well, the following week, the woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him while at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in the refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire while the flame, where the flames were the hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse, he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the entire time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes. That not only did he have to sit and hold the silver, but also he had to keep his eye on it the entire time. It was in the, it was in the fire. The, whole, the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver were left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, and then she asked the silversmith, but how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in it. This refining fire, this purification process. Why does God do it? Why do we have to go through times of refinement? Why do we have to go through times of, of discipline? Why does God take us through these seasons? I don't know. Let's go home. No, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What's God's purpose? What's God trying to show us, to teach us in these times? If you have your Bibles, let's go to Psalm chapter 66. Psalm 66, as we gain a little bit more insight on this refining fire. Psalm 66 is a psalm of praise for God's answer to prayer. It's a universal call for people to praise God, to sing of God's goodness. Not just at Christmas time when the little baby Jesus is born, but 24-7, we would always be praising God because he is good. And there is an element of refining that is good. Psalm 66, verses 8, 9, and 10. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. Verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined spiritual fire is used to burn away the impurities of our lives and so here's the picture here's this god this god of the bible that's holy that's pure that's perfect he is morally 
excellent. He knows no sin. He only knows good. And here's us. Not so holy. Not so good all the time. Struggle with sin. But here's this holy God who desperately wants a relationship with us. And so he struggles. He says, how do I get to these people? How do I teach them? And so God's desire is to have this relationship with you. And it's our sin that is separating us from God. And so often you and I choose unwisely, unholy ways. We get caught up in our sin and we create bad habits. You know, it's not like the moment you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you're perfect, you're refined, you're done. And then God's just going to put you on the shelf and say, all right, I'll get to you when you die and come visit me in my place. No, we constantly are growing and walking and maturing with God. And we create these habits and he has to refine us of those habits. He has to teach us. He has to melt away that pain, that pride, that lust. And in an effort to regain and an effort to make that relationship with him holy. Because again, here's this holy God. And all he knows is joy and peace and happiness and patience. And he looks at us and he says, I want you too to have joy. I want you too to have patience and happiness. I want you to be a happy creation of mine. But you've wrapped yourself up in all of this junk. And so I need to refine you. I need to talk to you where you can grasp it. I need to get a hold of you. I need to meet you where you're at. And I need you to allow me to burn away some of this junk so you can experience a little bit more of me. So again, I can see my image reflected in you. And so he works to refine us. He strives to burn our junk away. When I was in high school, I, uh, I had an idolatry problem. Football became my God. And it was clear, and it was visual, it was evident. My time, my thoughts, my energy, everything about me screamed football. Not much screamed God. And looking back now as such a more mature man, <laughs> I see how that silly that is. A game, four lines of ball, 22 guys running around. That was my God? And so God took me through a refining process. He reminded me what life was really about and what really mattered. Not the recruiting, not the touchdowns, not the press clippings. None of that mattered anymore. Because I tore my ACL. <laughs> and I was on getting surgery. I went from running around to being on crutches for four months and a cane. I went from just this star, and I'm not, I've learned humility, so don't take it for what it's, I, I went from this star, this all-American, this great guy, football scholarship, yeah, here you go, to this guy who had to call his mom to help him go to the bathroom. It was a refining time in my life. It was a humbling time in my life. One that I never want to repeat again. God, I've learned the pride thing. 
I've learned to invite you in every situation and to give you glory in everything that's going on, good or bad. It's about you, God, and about what you want to see come out of this. And so maybe you have similar situations as well. Maybe there's times when you look back in your life or, oh, man, God taught me that lesson. I wasn't going to get it on my own, and so God had to crank up the heat a little bit. And you look back and you say, man, I'm God. I'm glad God did that. Continuing on here in Psalm 66, verses 11 and 12. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. And we went through fire and through water. Yet, yet, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. And that's why God wants to refine us, to lead us into a new understanding of him. So we will trust him all the more. So we can look back and say, man, I learned that lesson. I don't want to repeat that. I don't want to repeat second grade. I'm ready for third grade, God. Grow in me, mature in me, teach me. What is it that I need to learn so that I can experience more of you? So I can get rid of this burden, this, this pain, this issue. God, just burn it. Refine me. And so God does that so we will live abundantly. That's why Jesus said he came. Jesus said, I came to give you life. And he didn't stop there. He said, I came to give you the abundant life. If you're not in a relationship with Jesus, I'm sorry to say, but you're not living the abundant life. You're missing out on what God fully has for you. And so Jesus came to give us that full, that abundant life. God takes us through these refining times to give us the fullness, the abundance, to allow us to connect with him all the more. And so if you're like me, you know that these moments of refining can be very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's not easy to be refined by God. Those aren't always fun times. Those aren't the times where you're probably skipping to church, just excited about everything. Those are the times you're like, I know I should go because I got this issue. And I know they'll probably talk about that issue. Or at least during a song, they'll probably mention it. But I don't know if I want to deal with this or not. So it's those moments of refinement that are difficult. They're uncomfortable. It's like when you're growing up and you, um, you sit too close to a fire, you know, it's on your back. And then you're like, oh, I can barely take it. Oh, I can't. Oh, this is hot. And then your older brother comes and picks you up and throws you down on your back and sits on you. So it just burns. <laughs> Nobody else? Just me? Okay. But oh, those are tough. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll see that maybe God's refining times are actually needed. And maybe God's refining times are because he ultimately loves us and wants the best for us. It's like when you go to work out. If you're like me, you don't enjoy it, but you're doing it because you want to gain. You want to grow. I want to be able to go two miles in walking. That's where I'm at right now. I just want to walk two miles. And so you start, and the first mile is tough, and you call it a day. 
And then you go try to go back out the next day because you want to gain, you want to grow. It's that, that's that discipline. I want to move forward. I want to learn. I want to grow. And so Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 through 8 talks about this. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. Seven, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have partiality, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. God disciplines those that he loves. Just as I discipline my daughters out of love. They need to learn. They need to grow. They need to understand how things work. And that's God's heart too. He disciplines us because he wants us to grow. He refines us. He puts us through those difficult times to teach us what's really going on here. Because he sees us and he goes, if you continue down that way and I don't correct you here, man, it's going to be bad situation. I don't want you to go down there. So I want to refine you now. I want to tweak you. I want to change you. I want to challenge you now. So you'll come back and we can continue on in this great intimate relationship that we get to have with our creator, the creator of everything. And also fire can be, fire can seem out of control. You know, there's a difference between a little campfire with your s'mores and your kids and it's all fun. The difference then is, is to a forest fire. It's crazy. It's wild. It's killing. It's destroying. It's going nuts. And so often we think God is this little campfire that we just, you know, roast our little marshmallows over and thanks God. Love you for grace. That's good. Thanks. Thanks for the s'more. Mm. Christianity, it's fun, tastes good. But that's not, s'more please, that's not the God of the Bible. God is crazy wild. He's going to do what he's going to do when he wants to do it because he can, because he's God. And it's out of love he wants to purify us. He is this amazing, powerful God that has a plan. And whether you like it or I like it, whether you disagree with it or I disagree with it, it's his plan. And guess what? It's going to happen exactly as he says it's going to happen. And so you're probably like me. And that's why you're saying, all right, I'm going to serve God because he knows what's going on. And so I'm going to direct my attention, and my thoughts upward to God. Now I'm going to be with him and I want to surrender to him and I want to sacrifice my life to him because he knows what he's doing. But in that moment, those times of refining, it seems out of control. That seems wild. You know, I bet that's exactly how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego felt. Remember that story? They were the only ones in the whole kingdom who were worshiping and honoring God. And because of it, they got thrown into this fiery furnace. And the king looked in there and he says, Oh, fellas, didn't we throw three guys in here? I'm seeing four. 
And that fourth one kind of looks like the son of God. What's the deal with that? And then he brings them out and they continue to worship God all the more. Now you've got to believe like two or three years later, Shadrach, let's say, is walking down the street and somebody comes up to him and he says, hey, I got a question for you. Do you trust God? And I bet Shadrach said, absolutely, I trust God. Well, how can you be so sure you trust God? He goes, well, let me tell you a story. A couple of years ago, that happened to me and my buddies. God met us in the fire. God was with us in the midst of it. And I would never turn that back. I would never ask God to not do that again in my life. I learned to trust God fully in that lesson. He was thrown in the fire, much like what it kind of looks like I am in the midst of the fire. But that's what God does with us. He refines us. He changes us. He challenges us. But all the time, he's right there holding us. He's saying, learn it, please. Grasp this, please. This is for you. I want you to be the best that you can be. I want you to be happy. I want you to be excited about life. Would you follow me? Would you walk with me? Would you realize what this is all about? This earth, realize what I'm trying to do here. Would you submit? Would you spend time with me? Would you dialogue with me? Would you teach your children, your children's about me? Would you passionately live with me? I have good things planned for you. I want to just, I want to be all about you and I want you to be all about me. But it's tough. It's difficult. This world gets a hold of us. We build, we build up these bad habits. And so God out of love says, all right, it's time to refine. And we say, no, God, please, not again. And he goes, That's, I got to do this because I love you. I got to do this because I love you. A couple more thoughts this morning. Times of refining fire are not always huge life moments. Death, divorce, surgery. These are not always and only the way God refines us. In fact, if we're doing our job as a staff, hopefully every Sunday morning is an opportunity for you to be refined a little bit. Maybe every time you pray, you could ask God, is there anything that you need to refine me? Because God, I'd sure like to hear it now. Then learn the lesson, however else you've got it planned. God can refine us anytime. It's just a matter of fixing our eyes off of ourself and our selfishness and saying, God, what do you need to teach me? I want to learn. I'm here, God. And I know that's where you guys and you gals are at this morning. You're here. But let this carry over into Sunday night and Monday and Tuesday and say, God, is there anything in my life that you need to burn away? Is there pride? Is there lust? Is there anger? Is there bitterness? Do I need to forgive? Do I need to let go? Whatever it is, God, refine it in me. Burn the chaff. Burn the junk away. I don't want any more of that trash going on in my life, God. And so to conclude us this morning, just as fire needs three components to exist, there are three main components in this refining fire. Fire needs heat. God's refining fire needs 
God, this holy God. And we need to grasp this morning that God and only God can refine us. You in and of yourself cannot refine yourself. You've got to line yourself up with God and say, okay, God, it's between you and me. You're God. I'm not. What do you want to do? This refining fire must and always must start with God. This holy, perfect, pure, impressive God needs to come and begin to do a refining work in us. In us as people, in us as families, in us as a church. It's got to start with God. Fire also needs fuel. Well, we also need to understand that God wants to free us. And that's his motive to refine us. He wants to free us of these chains of sin. He wants to free us of the depression and the depravity we're bringing upon ourselves. And so it's his heart to free us. And then the last one, fuel needs oxygen. We need to be open. We need openness. We need to say, God, please, please refine me. It might hurt. It might sting. But Lord, I know you're doing it because you love me. And what's the lesson? What's to gain? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us. You love us enough to change us. You love us enough to challenge us. God, I pray for those people here this morning that are going through a refining time in their life. Maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's their business. Maybe it's just their personal walk with you. God, would you be in the midst of the fire with them? Would you let them know you're there? Would they be able to feel and experience this love that you have passionately pulsating for them? Lord, meet them in the midst of the fire. Lord, I pray. Lord, for those of us that have been refined, Lord, you'd remind us of the lessons you've taught us that we wouldn't have to repeat the lesson again. Lord, that lesson you taught us 10 years ago, 10 minutes ago, 10 months ago. Lord, remind us of that lesson. Lord, I also pray that corporately we can realize that you are a God that is burning. You are a God that is moving. You're changing. And Lord, you want to change us. You want to move in and through us. You're burning us because you love us. And so, Lord, this morning, give us that grasp. Give us that concept of you. And, Lord, allow us to be opened to your movement. Allow us to be wise to your ways. Lord, we just want to worship you now as we conclude.